All right, all right. What's going on, everybody? How are you doing? September 11th, 20 years after the fact, ladies and gents, and we still have a ton of unanswered questions. We still haven't had justice for the people that died on that day, and uh, we are still holding the torch, right? We are still moving and trying to get the answers that we do not have and that we haven't been given. And I feel like the most interesting part, like the most ironic part of this whole freaking deal, right, is uh, back then they told us, right, um, hey, they hate us for our freedoms. You know, that's why they did this. They hate us for our freedoms because we're so freaking free, right, that over there, the, you know, the, the, the 19 Arab terrorists that did this and they blamed it all on Islam and they blamed it all on these 19 hijackers with, with uh, what it was, it box cutters, right, that took over. I mean, the most ridiculous freaking story ever. Right. <laughs> and magic passports. Don't right. forget the magic passports. All of that stuff, you know, and 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 um, you know, they said that they did all of this because we were free, and they hated our freedoms. They hated them, and that's why they had to do this. And now, looking forward, twenty years from now, Joe Biden says our freedoms doesn't matter. <laughs> I was like. What the hell is going on? Right. So so and these are the same people. Let's not get it mistaken. Joe Biden is a career politician. He was involved back then in everything that was going on. He's been in politics for 40 plus years. These are the same people. This is the same rationale that they use. You know, they did it for your freedoms because you're so free. Hey, your freedoms don't matter. Get vaccinated now. This is where we are right now. The, 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 the tyranny never stopped. It never went away. It only got more and more and more intense as the years went by. And now we have uh, crossed uh, um, uh, the door and the door is closed. It's been padlocked and we're in it. We're doing this thing. So you know the deal. It's America Unplugged, Tony Atterburn, the wise wolf, and Mr. Don Jeffries. I'm going to get to you guys in just a second. We have guests also, and I'm going to get to them in just a second. And maybe some more will come and join us. I don't know. But uh, we're going to troop on anyway. Mr. Tony Atterburn, the wise wolf, what is going on, sir? Say what's up to the people. It's an honor to be here, Billy, with such uh, great broadcasters and researchers. You know, talking about uh, Don Jeffries, Charlie Robinson, Kev Baker, yourself. I, I mean, it, it it really is humbling. And, and we reflect on September 11th. I I had a personal you know story impact from 9-11 because you know, I was representing the United States uh, in the World Powerlifting Championships in Sofia, Bulgaria. And uh, I just happened to be there. I got there on September 10th, 2001. And, uh, uh, you know, the next day, obviously, cataclysmic terror. And I, my unit that I was part of in, 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 at Fort Bragg, the Airborne, they went to the Pentagon. And then when I got home, I was uh, sent to another unit that was the first army company on the ground in Afghanistan. And, uh, so I've I've lived, you know, the the direct impact of of 9-11. And uh, as I grow as a researcher and, you know, in, and look into this, it really is a, a, a rabbit hole of rabbit holes, isn't it? And uh, we can still have reverence for the heroes on on 9-11. We can still uh, talk about the firefighters and the police officers that gave their lives. And we can talk about the, you know, first responders in the military. But we really have to take a step back and remove ourselves from the emotion of it to look directly into the abyss. You know, like like Nietzsche said, you know, you, you look long enough into the abyss, it looks back into you. 
And so I'm uh, just happy to be here, uh, proud to be here and, and humbled also to, uh, to be on the panel today. So thanks for having me. Well, you're one of the usual suspects. If you weren't here, it'd be kind of weird. So we have to figure it out. <laughs> Mr. Don Jeffries, the legendary. What is going on, sir? How are you? Say what's up to America Unplugged. Can Mr. Don Jeffries hear me? I think he's frozen just a little bit, Billy. He is frozen. We're moving on just for the sake of uh, continuity here. We have guests. Everybody knows who Don Jeffries is. Everybody knows who our guests well, are, too. Uh, hello, American Plug. There he goes. What's up? Mm. It's going to be one of them days over there. I see. Anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, there you go, Don. Come oh, on. Am I what's... talking or no? You are. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, things are breaking up. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm honored to be here as well, as the great Tony Arterburn said. And uh, it's a great discussion because this, this is the only kind of discussion you're going to get. So however many people are watching this, this is about it. And maybe the other stuff that we say on our shows and platforms like that because the media is uh, once again going to completely black out any notion that, uh, that, that people have any doubts, even though the last poll I saw, uh, over 54% of Americans thought that there was a thing. It's honest about the official narrative. It's some doubts, but uh, saw what happened to Spike Lee, didn't you? This week, this this is the uh, this is the proud guy who doesn't bat at all, man. And he uh, he down like a puppy when he just he just talked to a few member connected engineers for 9/11 Truth for his HBO series, and the whole world came down on him. Uh, he caught flack from the left and right both. And if you want to see that phone fake left right paradigm, there, look at it here. Breitbart and MSNBC, they were all on board bashing Spike Lee of course. for that. And he backed right, he backed down as quickly as possible. There wasn't a, there wasn't a bit of a arrogance or pride in him about that. So that's what you get, man. I mean, somebody tried just a little bit of hint and he wasn't, all he was doing was like a few lame interviews with you know, a very small portion of that long series he had, but uh, no doubts allowed here. So we'll, we're going to have to express all the doubts we can here and hope that a lot of people are listening. All right. All right, beautiful. Thank you, Don. We appreciate you. The mighty Kev Baker, ladies and gentlemen, is here with us today. We're going to talk a little bit about 9-11 with all these fine gentlemen. Kev Baker, say what's up to America Unplugged. How are you? you know, it's great to be here with Billy and what a lineup you've got here, dude. And 20 years on, doesn't feel like it. War on terror. Um, mm -hmm. Everything we got sold, all a lie. And it's like the ultimate middle finger to Americans. All the families of soldiers that went over to Afghanistan. When you see the Taliban, 20 years on, getting sworn in as a government, nothing says victory like that, guys. Eh? <laughs> Absolutely right. We're going we're gonna to get into that just a little bit. And, of course, we, we, we had to contact the hardest working man in the alternative media, ladies and gents, because, I mean, come on. Right? How can we do this without Charlie Robinson? Charlie, what are you, what's up? How are you? Tell me something and say what's up to America Unplugged. Well, it makes me think when where we are right now that there are a couple voices I wish we could hear from, whether it be 20 years after 9-11 or COVID or whatever. George Carlin, Jim Mars, mm. and Bill Cooper. And let me read you something from Bill Cooper. Okay. This is from my book, The Octopus. Uh, this was June 28th, 2001. 75 days before 9-11 happened on his radio show, Bill Cooper said the following, 
I'm telling you to be prepared for a major attack, but it won't be Osama bin Laden. It will be those behind the new world order. Mm. Whatever is going to happen that they are going to blame on Osama bin Laden, don't you even believe it. And he was dead by the end of the year, shot in his own driveway by the police. So let's keep that in our in our thoughts that um, there were some people that called their shot. There were some people that saw what was coming and he was one of them and he's truly missed. Don't you even believe it? I remember that. Absolutely. I, I also remembered. Um, uh, I don't know if it was a tone. You can correct me if I'm wrong. It was, was it CNN? Uh, the the reporter that went to talk to uh, to Osama bin Laden, yes. he was able to find him, and no one else had been able to find him. That, there's a little known fact about that particular story with Bill Cooper in the interview that he saw, gentlemen, and that interview doesn't exist. Right. It's been scrubbed from the internet. You can find broken links to what you might think could be that interview. But all they'll show you is the 1998 encounter with Bin Laden. They don't show you the 2001 encounter. They don't talk to you. They don't. They don't have any sort of link that I could find in the last year uh, for that interview. So it's really interesting. Bill Cooper called it uh, in the summer of 2001 uh, based on an interview that has now been uh, put down the memory hole. I, I've been trying to look for that forever. If anybody. Uh, listening live or after the fact, it can can find out, uh, can uh, can uh, lead us to that. I'd, I'd love uh, I'd love some feedback um, because I can't find that video anywhere. Uh, also, just joining us, Jacques Brisson is here with us today. The man, what is going on, John Brisson? How you doing, bro? Doing well. Glad to be here on America Unplugged with the panel. Uh, thank you for the introduction, Billy. As always, uh, today's not eleven. I mean, what can, what can I say? Uh, never forget. Uh, we had a uh, George uh, uh, W. Bush speaking out, comparing to what happened on January 6th to 9-11 today. And of course, all the progressives immediately forget that they wanted for decades for George W. Bush to be put on war crimes and a uh, rotten Gitmo. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it is what it is. People uh, love to uh, throw their um, personal convictions and beliefs out the window when they're cheerleading for their blue or red team. Uh, so yeah, it's just another reminder of uh, the times that we live in. So, so I he's just go an artist. <laughs> he's just a misunderstood artist who, who working on paintings in his, in his <laughs> studio. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah. So, the, the art of a war criminal. <laughs> so what I want to so go, Connor, what I want to do is by the new artistic tape. <laughs> so what, what I want to do is I want to go around <clears throat> the, um, the panel and 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 get everybody's thoughts on a couple of things right but but first what what i really want to touch on is it's been 20 years since uh since this thing went down right and um they took away rights you know the parallels and we've talked about this before but it's 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 worth mentioning the parallels between 911 and this whole covid thing are incredible are incredible right so it's like uh, uh, the the 911 for the new generation right for for people that are Alive now, the young generation, like I, I was talking to a, a couple of you guys off air and, and so many of, of the young people don't remember uh, 9-11. They don't know what really happened. They know, you know, bits and pieces on the surface, maybe, you know, but it's, it's just not a thing. There's so many people that weren't alive, you know, when that when that went down. But um, we we know what it was like before and what it's been like since. Right. So we're, we're able to to compare. 
And then we know what's going on now with COVID. And it seems like the same thing, but just accelerated. Our rights are being taken away. They're not giving them back to the point where they're saying now Joe Biden open, openly said your rights don't matter. He said this a few days ago. It doesn't matter. You know, you, you have to look out for people and you, you, you have to keep them safe. A bunch of nonsense he spit out. But, you know, this whole thing was built on freedom. And then we've gotten to the point where your rights don't matter. And so many of the American public are um, accepting it. I'm going to go to Tone first. What's up, bro? Yeah, if they hate us for our freedom, can we be friends now? I mean, since we have none left. Uh, no, I, 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 I think that uh, I think that the uh, lessons learned on 9-11 uh, going forward is that COVID uh, and the lockdowns are part of the same operation. I mean, if you go back to Operation Dark Winter uh, in the summer of 2001, the simulation for uh, a bioattack followed by lockdowns, mass vaccinations, uh, media control. Uh, you know, they tried these simulations before, and uh, this was always the goal. And of course, the Patriot Act was designed uh, to uh, go after patriots. I mean, we see that now. I mean, David Icke wrote the book, you know, uh, The Trigger about 9-11. That's really what it was. It was a trigger event because, uh, again, you know, you, you go back and look at where we were in 2000, we had this massive uh, dot-com industry booming, uh, the tech I and mean, everything about tech, there was a promising future. Uh, politically, I think there was still hunger for a third party. Um, there, was a lot, there was a lot of good momentum going on in the United States. And uh, that was all put to, put to bed. That was all uh, swept away. And you know, right after 9-11, uh, you, you know, 90 days to the day, the Chinese were given most favored nation trading status uh, by the United States. And you see, you know, 55,000 factories under Bush, one in three manufacturing jobs gone. Um, so we were, you know, they continued the hollowing out of America, the, the jobs, the wealth, the technology. And now that uh, the war on terror, you know, it seems to be uh, turning inward. Um, that seems to, uh, if you look now uh, with, with hindsight, uh, hindsight 2020, you look back and see that this was all part of a master plan, and uh, we're in another one of those phases right now with COVID. I mean, 9-11 is very much linked to that. The, the powers given to the government, the police state, the Department of Homeland Security. Have you ever heard a more Nazi-ish term than that? I mean, it's just <laughs> it, it, it's so it's so ridiculous on its face. But now you have you have a president of the United States. I mean, you, you contrast that with I mean, I, I mean, you can look at what Don has written about Ronald Reagan, and I'm not really a fan. But he was talking about human liberty and freedom. I mean, and this is during the Cold War, and we kind of believed it. You know, we were, you know, right. they had the evil empire on one side, and we were the good guys, and it's all, it's Rocky Four, you know, and that's that's what, what it was when I was a kid. And now you have a president saying it's not about freedom, it's not about any of those things. I'm like, what, 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 what planet am I on? So <laughs> all, all of it very much linked, Billy. And that's um, that's what look, it's funny, and I, I'll say this before I close. We got this panel is so amazing. And you've seen in the last 18 months a separating of the wheat from the chaff, right? So uh, the researchers that are really looking at what's going on and then shills and other things, we're really getting to the heart, like the essence, uh, uh, and especially like on a panel like this. And I'm not really including myself, but just I'm just saying this is where it's amazing about this time is because you still find the voices 
that are really looking for the truth. And so one of the positives about all of this, Billy, is we're seeing who is truly on our side and who is not. Right, right. I, I think that's a very strong point. They talk about never forget. And some people will never forget because there's over a thousand people that are still not identified that died that day. And so many people never came back home. Right. They, 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 it's just it. I can't even begin to imagine what that's like. Right. So that's it. It's over. And, and then you never see them again because they've been, you know, destroyed and whatever happened there. And I want to get to what you guys think happened there at some point too. But, um, we didn't forget either. Uh, and there's a lot of people that have forgotten, you know, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll put up a, a picture or something. Uh, and, uh, and that's the end of it, you know? And, and I mean, I'm, I'm not here to judge, you know, but, um, I think we need to do a little bit more, you know, and, uh, I try to do what I can. And I know everybody on this panel here tries to do what they can as well. Mr. Kev Baker, I'm coming to you. What do you think, uh, uh, the, you know, the constantly just continuing to take away our rights. What's up, sir? You're muted, Mr. Baker. There we go. There, there you go. go. Amateur. Yeah, I see a lot of parallels between what happened after 9-11 and what we're going through now. Um, this time it feels more like a slow kind of burn. But the changes that have been made, much like 9-11, you guys are still living with the TSA, right? 20 years on. Oh, yeah. Well, all the things that they're rolling out now, we've already had the Scottish government saying that these emergency temporary powers are going to have to be permanent temporary powers. Make, make the most of that. What does that mean? And we've got our passports coming now on October the 1st. That's never going to go away. Right. I don't think um, COVID or the threat of another next COVID type situation is ever going to go away either. Um, much like 9-11, the world will never be the same again after that day and after COVID whenever we get through it. So there's a lot of parallels to be had there. I agree. I agree, Kev. Um, Charlie Robinson, I'm coming to you, sir. Tell me about it. Well, something that Tony said that's interesting, we was talking about the 2001 simulation Dark Winter and how there's parallels between what we saw with that and what we're seeing with COVID. Uh, not only are there parallels, there's two people that are that were in both operations. That's Tara O'Toole and Thomas Inglesby that both had connections to the Johns Hopkins uh, Medical Center. They're still running this COVID op. Of course. <laughs> and they were involved in Dark Winter, which was the anthra the fake anthrax scare that was going to, you know, getting sent to the Pentagon. So so not only is, are they are the agendas sort of overlapping if this was a Venn diagram, but some of the same people are, are overlapping as well. So it is it's it's an it's an accurate observation. Obviously, we're we're seeing the removal of our rights. And it's it's always funny, you know, they they hate us for our freedoms, right? Well, how did our freedoms get in Afghanistan? And 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 every I mean <laughs> what what happened because because you know they they hate us for our freedoms no they hate us because we've relentlessly bombed the shit out of their country for 20 years what how why wouldn't they hate us and frankly you know to be honest i'm not even sure how much they hate us necessarily as as a as a, a country but what we've done to them through indiscriminate bombings that continue to this day, uh, drone strikes on wedding parties, and then hitting first responders 30 minutes later. I mean, shit like that. That will get you hated. 
around the world, and rightfully so. So we took this this amazing point in time when 9-11 happened and we had the sympathy of the entire world for once and we squandered it. We, we turned that, we took that and turned it into endless wars in a handful of countries on, under false pretenses and just, and just took what, what the, when the world felt sympathy for us, we just took that and just completely destroyed it. And, uh, and now we're living with the ramifications of that. And of course, you know, with COVID, we're, we're seeing the same thing. Any, any excuse that the government, if you give the, you've, we've heard this before, that if the government creates um, laws and removes your rights during times of emergencies, um, they will create emergencies in which to justify them taking away your rights and, and creating new laws. They just will do that. That's what we have. So, so 9-11 taught us some things. They taught us that, um, that, that uh, the government is in the business of removing your rights, not protecting them. Anything that they say or any sort of, of you know, never forget or any of these buzzwords, these terms that they ingrain in us, they're just, they're just words. They don't actually mean anything because if it was never forget, then it's never forget building seven as well. But we're, but the nine 11 commission report didn't mention building seven. So clearly they wanted to forget. So it's like, never forget this, but eh, forget all this other stuff. So, um, it, it, and it's, it's frustrating for, it's frustrating for us because we're, we've, we've watched this over 20 years, but I'm just, I'm more concerned with the people that weren't alive during that or, you know, were too young to remember it. Like to them, 9-11 is just this thing on television, you know, right. kind of like the way Kennedy is to us, you know, right. like for most of us, maybe Don, Don remembers it when he was real little, but most of us, it's just the thing you see on TV. And so it'll never really be as real to us, the Kennedy assassination as, you know, because we didn't live through it much like the same way 9/11 will never really be real to this next generation because they didn't they didn't have that feeling they didn't sit in front of their TV with their brains melted going what is happening here right. and and if you live through that it changes you yeah yeah and it it, it changed me that's the, the the reason I'm here was because of that event right and 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 I was in the city when it happened right and I saw the towers collapse in front of my freaking face and I was like, what the hell is going on? You know, and, and I spent a lot of time down there. You know, like I, I worked there. I went to school across the street from there. You know what I mean? Like it's I spent a lot of time there. But one thing that we can take from Charlie Robinson's, uh, uh, you know, uh, what he just laid out is that uh, if, if you bomb a country for many, many years, people are going to hate you. OK, um, uh, that, that's something to take from there because it's, it's just the absolute truth. Um, I'm coming to you, uh, Mr. Jeffries. Get, Greg, I'm coming to you in a second. Okay, buddy? Uh, Mr. Jeffries, give me what you got. Yeah, well, certainly I agree with everything uh, Charlie said. Uh, you know, we, we, I write about history, hidden history, and these things are all interconnected. And we, we didn't arrive because we're, we're scratching our heads and wondering how the hell we got the situation we are in today. It's because of 9-11. Before that, it's before the assassinations of the 60s, Waco, Oklahoma City. Go back to 1898, remember the Maine and World War One, and locking up prisoners that were opposed to the war and then justifying it by saying that you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. That covers, uh, you know, protesters of war. 
uh, the false flag of Pearl Harbor, you know, millions of things. Not Operation Northwich, which almost came to pass at JFK, luckily it stopped. But these are horrible things that our leaders have been doing forever, and they're never held accountable. And and what happens is you get it's the boiling frog in the water. That's that's apps. That's what it is. And we're we've completely boiled now. I mean, we're gone. We can't hop out of the water if we want because we most of the people, not us, but I know as somebody who was ranting about this as a kid back in the seventies. I mean, I was saying the same kind of stuff as as uh, at parties and family gatherings and, and becoming Mister Unpopular most of the time because nobody, especially I got a few drinks and nobody wanted to hear what I was saying. But I was trying to warn people as best I could back then. You know, why are you letting this happen? You know, why, why, look at these unconstitutional roadblocks for, for drunk drivers. It violates the Fourth Amendment. Everything that happened and people just sat there like they, you see them now. They were listless then. Now they're brain dead. And they're sitting believing this crazy stuff about acting. So, if you you know, there's nothing you can say to them about 9-11. I've tried to, you know, say, you know, they tell you that's, that the science, the science, that, that steel melts at a particular temperature. They also tell you in their report that it never got that hot, and yet the steel melted. So explain that discrepancy. They they don't even try to. You can look at the hole in the Pentagon and juxtapose the plane against these people on the internet and see that it wasn't big enough to make that hole, and there's no point of impact for the wings. The wings weren't sheared off outside on the lawn, and in fact, at first, there were no wreckage. Later, they found a few little pieces that suddenly appeared, but... These are the kind of things that should be asked. And of course, if we had a free press, which obviously everyone here knows we don't, this is our free press, platforms like this. So we have to raise these questions here because none of the reporters are going to. And in fact, what they've done, because we sat idly by on, on all these other issues and we allowed them, the majority of Americans allowed them to keep making inroads on our civil liberties. And certainly after 9-11, the Patriot Act, Homeland Security, free speech zones, uh, and, and it became, uh, you know, a point where you don't even question this. And, it, and it's it, that's where you think this led to Sandy Hook and things like that, where you, if you question it, oh, my God, you could be sued. And 9-11 was kind of like that. So you had idiots like Dennis Leary, you know, my most unfavorite comedian who, you know, <laughs> somebody asked him about 9-11, my brother was a firefighter. What? That's his answer. <laughs> you know, so, so shut up. You know? And th- <laughs> that's the way, uh, you know, the, now and you're seeing what the end result is what we see today with fact checkers and people being censored from social media and people that you know just oh, we're just going to ban you you're not going to be able to play in any more reindeer games if you even bring this up we're not going to we're not going to dignify that with a response because we don't have a response we don't have any facts all we can do is call you names and and cancel you so but we didn't arrive at, by this it, it, this to this point by accident and 9/11 was one of the biggest of what I call those lines in the sand we crossed. We crossed a huge line. And unlike after the JFK assassination, you know, there were no books that were allowed to be published criticizing it. There were no talk shows. Never have you seen David Lee Griffin or Richard Gage or any of the higher profile critics of the 9-11 narrative. They haven't been on a single show. They're not allowed. Tucker Carlson, none of even even the so-called best that we have, they're not going to allow any questioning of the narrative. And so, you know, all we can do is fight it on these platforms and hope that more and more people wake up. But um, as usual, I, I you know, I'm, I'm very pessimistic about it. But certainly 9-11 was a uh, a huge line in the sand. And once we cross that, we've, you know, we've never looked back. But we're facing the situation we are today because of all those Agreed. instances, especially the 9-11 period. Yeah. 
I agree 100%, man. And and, and another, another thing, you know, um, we touched on, like, you know, it's these platforms that, that, that are, you know, we continue to, to try to push, you know, for a new investigation or, or, or things like that. And, and uh, I think Charlie referred to, to building seven, right. And never forget. I mean, you, you can't forget something that you don't know. So many people out there have no idea, no idea about building seven. There's a lot more people that do now than did before because of, you know, uh, the efforts of many, but uh, we're still a, a big minority in this. You can, I challenge anybody that's listening to go up to the sh anybody in the street and tell them, hey, do you know what Building 7 was? They probably don't. They probably don't. Nine times out of ten, I think uh, you you'll find that they don't. Mr. John Brissom, how are you, sir? Waiting patiently. Give me your thoughts. Doing well. Um, so I did a stream on uh, Tucker Carlson, and I know exactly why he won't discuss 9-11. And that's because he believes that anybody who believes that 9-11 was an inside job needs to leave the country. Yeah. He he pushes the general narrative because he hates people like us. All right. That's why he despises people like us. So that's exactly why he won't discuss it, because it's for him, it's not only pushing the lie as the CIA agent that he is, just like Anderson Vanderbilt. It's he really, truly believes this deep down inside and, and hates us. I've seen multiple clips of him continuing to push the live 9-11 that it's only the Arabic hijackers and that anytime anybody brings up his inside job, the look of disgust on his face, it hasn't changed uh, in the many years since he's been interviewed by um, uh, Adam Kokesh. I think it was Kokesh. It was. Um, so, um, but yeah, so... Uh, I, I'm kind of looking at 9-11, both what's going on with COVID and the 9-11 event itself uh, and entertaining the idea that's been put forth from, by Mark from Houston Tonic Live and my research partner, S90, uh, in that it does appear that there were two different world orders who had two different ideas of what um, should go on around 9-11, whether they're going to have a uh, conventional war, uh, kind of like a continuation of 1984 or forever wars, um, and the other group wanted some sort of biological uh, attack, uh, which was what the anthrax letters were. Um, and uh, it was kind of like uh, who could get this done first. Now, Rumsfeld actually was not with the quote unquote old world order, the one that likes forever wars. He's actually for the new world order. He's been on the board of many numerous pharmaceutical companies. Um, and so he, when he, he came out and he was trying to show, you know, show the forever wars, trying to disclose it in his speech, um, you know, uh, slight b before 9 11. Um, they were going to kind of disclose this and roll out that this kind of terrorist attack with bio warfare with, you know, terrible terror tool and dark winter. Like that was their game plan. But instead the old world order circumvented them. And that's when the event of nine 11 happened with the airplanes. Okay. So it depends on which hell you want, right? Cause right now we have the new world orders, hell of, of COVID tyranny, that they wanted back then with anthrax tyranny and biomedical biological warfare, but instead we got the forever war. So pick which one is worse because you would have gotten either one back then, but the forever war old world order, you know, proceeded. So now we have what could have happened back then at nine 11 happen now. 
I don't know if that's completely true. It's interesting hypothesis. You could kind of look at it and see with everything that was going on. Cheney himself was also deeply involved in biomedical uh, politics and big pharma too as well. It kind of seems to represent that new world order, kind of like scientism versus kind of fighting forever war, ground wars. I don't know. But whatever is happening with COVID to now um, is, again, a... a, it's it's the same beast and you have the same players picking their sides right coming out either old world or new world and it's just interesting just to see it play out and i'm not saying i completely agree with that hypothesis but it does make a lot of things make sense you know why did rumsfeld come out before 9-11 trying to expose the military industrial complex but of course not exposing the bio warfare biomedical complex part of it unless he's working for that other side and the whole anthrax attacks and everything. It's just an interesting counterpoint, maybe interesting hypothesis of trying to explain what happened then and what happened now. That's all. Uh, that's a very interesting hypothesis. I think Donald Rumsfeld is down with whatever was cool for Donald Rumsfeld. And, and you know what, at the end of the day, um, it, 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 you know, I, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not for, you know, I mean, people pass away and all that other stuff, but man, Good riddance to Mr. Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, that's all I can say about that. Listen, uh, Greg McCarron is here from The Antidote. Um, Greg, I'm going to unmute you. I, I, I hope there's not a hurricane behind you right now. Let's, let's see what develops. All right. Um, Fantastic. What's up, Greg? How you doing? Listen, I, I, I want you to say hello to everybody here. This is uh, Greg McCarron. Um, you know, John Brissom, Mr. Don Jeffries is joining us, Charlie Robinson, Kev Baker, and of course, uh, Tony Atterburn. Uh, we're happy to have you. You have some very interesting thoughts on 9 11. I've been following your work for quite some time. John put me on. Uh, well, say what's you. up to America Unplugged, and then uh, go ahead and, and do what you do. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, hello. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody here. I'm uh, Greg McCarran. I am the co host of a podcast. Uh, program called the uh, antidote a-n-t-e-d-o-t-e -E, with my partner jeremy roth kushel uh, pod, uh posting partner and um and we we're in the process actually of restoring all of our um programming after our youtube channel was permanently uh removed at the beginning of august so uh mm -hmm. but um september 11th has been a focus of ours as uh, jeremy has a past that goes into um you know what might what is called the 9-11 truth movement going back to the uh mid to late uh, 2000s and me myself being a little more um le re recent to it i wasn't part of like the old like original whatever you call truth movement or anything but uh we've this has been a focus of ours since we um since we've started our program and actually our first show uh, first ever first ever uh recording we did together was uh five years ago i don't know if it's to the day but it was approximately five years ago around uh, the time of September 11th, 2016. And so we have, um, we've come, we very much believe that uh, for me, speaking for me personally, September 11th uh, right now, the um, is the, in my view, the most consequential event of our generation. And there have been a lot of consequential events, but this is the one I think that ties the, um, that ties things together. And, and something can be taken from all of the previous um people who have talked uh, regarding uh, various aspects of it and um, and they're all valid and all um, uh, need to be um, they're all they're all they all add up in terms of the bigger picture of uh, of September 11th and its aftermath for me it's on both a 
foreign policy, which I'm very passionate about, and domestic policy. I mean, it's a lack of accountability that uh, for this. I mean, there's a lot of things we haven't had accountability for. There hasn't been any accountability for pretty much any criminal activity in modern uh, modern American history, speaking as an American, um, much less uh, the events of September 11th and its aftermath. And if you look at both domestically and internationally. I mean, we're still seeing the um, effects of this to this day, and it becomes more and more consequential to speak some truth about the matter as time continues to go on. I mean, everything from uh, uh, Jeremy Rothschild and I did a five-part series a couple of years back called From 9-11 to 11-9, which is the the dates of respectively the attacks of September 11, 2001 and November 9, 2016, when uh, Donald Trump was officially uh, elected president of the United States. And uh, there's a lot, everything from, in my opinion, the, um, the, the forever wars in terms of the state of endless warfare, not just, not just in terms of um, traditional methods of ground warfare, military warfare, you know, as John Brisson talked about, uh, but also the new new ways of doing warfare, biological warfare, uh, also um, warfare in terms of unaccounted for um, you know, mercenary private armies. Uh, so there's a lot of ways of wage war. And of course, the clash of civilizations, which followed out of it, which paved the way for a lot of, or it really exacerbated what was already there with the, in terms of the, uh, of the, the Middle East and the whole aspect of the West versus the East, the, the Judeo-Christianity versus, not that simple, but I mean, it's, it was, that was obviously a major uh, pushing point for that was the, were the attacks of September 11th. So everything from endless warfare to a very specific group of, I would say, criminal elements here in the United States in conjunction with some foreign nations, uh, very much at the heart of the operation of September 11th, making it happen the aftermath with the endless wars and what we're seeing now with just unaccountability run rampant in all kinds of areas in our society. And so September 11th to me, I'll, I'll start, I'll stop here, is still the seminal event of our generation and the most consequential event. And it continues to, uh, it continues to be at the forefront of so much that is going on. And as time goes on, the lack of accountability is going to become more and more consequential to us and it becomes more important as time goes on i believe and that's my statement thank you for your thoughts greg you know i, I want to add on to that uh, all the different um uh, ways that they wage war on us right and uh i i, I want to point out that uh, in my opinion the, their favorite way their most prominent way now is fourth generation warfare i think that's what they're doing now i think it's all it's all a, a war on the mind. They colonize your mind and they take it over. I think that's the best way to do it. And they're going to give us a bunch of other uh, ways that they're, that they're going to, you know, um, hold on for a second. There you go. Had to mute up, Greg. <laughs> they're going to give us, you know, a ton of other stuff, you know, uh, that, that they're going to wage war on humanity, right? And we're going to see a lot of regular uh, ground warfare, right, that we're used to. But the real war, I think, is in the mind at this point. And, and we've all been assaulted by it, and we will continue to be, in my opinion. I, I want, we, we don't have too much time left, and I, I want to get, get some thoughts um, about what we actually think went down on September 11th, right? Because it, it's been muddied, right? The, 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 the waters have been muddied quite a bit. There are so many different people coming with different ideas just within the 9-11 the Truth movement itself. Even outside of that, right, you get you get perspective. But even within the 9-11 truth movement, it's been cut up like a pizza. So it's, there's so many different um, 
theories as to what happened. And, and I want to stress, you know, uh, unless some of you feel differently and that's fine. Nobody knows what happened. That's true. Right. No, no one knows what happened. And when I, I'm, I've, as soon as we finish this, I'm headed down to ground zero and I'm going to do the activism that I do every year. And I used to go up to people and I used to tell them, look, look at this. The, look at this article that I'm holding up from the Associated Press. Look at it. This is correct. And they did this. It was an inside job. They freaking did it. You know, <laughs> like, you know, and, 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 and I came at them like that and, and it didn't really work very well. And then I started realizing that I didn't know what the hell happened, but I had a lot of questions. So I came at it from, hey, look, look at this article. Um, this doesn't exactly fit with the mainstream narrative, even though it's been given to us by the mainstream, which is another thing we need to think about, right? But it, it, it's been, it doesn't fit with the mainstream narrative. I have questions about what's going on here. You want to you, you wanna talk to me? You want to take this flyer? And people take the flyer. You know, and, and then they want to talk to me about it. And they're like, I got questions too, you know, and, 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 and I think that's the best way to go about it. But I do want to know what people are thinking. All I know is that I, I don't know a damn thing. All I know is for sure that I can prove is that they're lying to us about this event. They're lying to us about this event on so many different levels. And if they're lying, they got something to hide. And I want to know what that is. That's it. Tone, I'm coming to you. What's up? I had James Perloff on my show yesterday, and I opened up by saying that uh, there's many mysteries to 9-11, both metaphysical and material, mm. and we're, we're never going to, to know, I don't think, uh, ex everything that happened, uh, but it is a strange mystery. You look at, uh, I look at the metaphysical part, and I talked about this on your show, you know, you have uh, George H.W. Bush on Tuesday, September 11th, 1990, going before a joint session right. of Congress telling America and the world three times that we're going to embark on a new world order. Uh, 11 years, almost to the minute on the same day, uh, his son would be telling the world that we're going to embark on a, on a new crusade, a, a, a continued crusade uh, to the former Babylon and I look at, you know, things like 1968, the you know uh, groundbreaking of the World Trade Center construction begins. You also have that's the first year 911 comes online in the United States. It's also the year that Kubrick released 2001, A Space Odyssey. So there's a lot of metaphysical, wow. strange occurrences uh, or coincidences behind 9-11. But then you also have the insider trading, right? Mm -hmm. You have uh, Building 7, obviously a controlled demolition. Uh, you, you have, you know, reputable uh entities like uh, University of Alaska Fairbanks looking at that uh, saying this was this had to be a simultaneously uh, you know con controlled or at least it, all the failures in the columns had to you know go off at once uh, which makes it you know uh, controlled demolition I, I think you, you just have to look and in the outlandish stuff and you know Ch Charlie's Charlie's show you know the beginning of macroaggressions has that great line it's like well the passport uh, the uh, hijackers passport was found in the rubble if you can believe that yeah. and, and that's that's right if you can believe that so uh, you know, I, I think when Greg was talking about foreign policy, too, and I'll make this short, uh, you know, the CIA has a term called blowback. And if you just look at September 11th from a one dimensional side, which they wouldn't even do, like the mainstream media wouldn't even acknowledge that perhaps what we do if we bomb people or if we starve out half a million Iraqi women and children and have your secretary of state, Madeleine Albright, say that it was worth it, that it might cause hatred. You know, they can't even look at that. So there is the aspect of a one dimensional you know, cause and effect to 9-11 and terror on American soil. 
But I think if you go back and you look at something like Pearl Harbor that was very well documented by people that had lost their careers later because they dared say, hey, you know, FDR and, and, and Marshall and all these other folks knew about it, uh, knew that it was coming, let it happen uh, so they could get in the war. Uh, that's you know, false flags are commonplace all throughout history. And you know, America's no different. So you see that you see Operation Northwoods, which was released by accident during the uh, early 1990s on the assassination panel for looking into JFK. Uh, so, you know, that that was a false flag set up, you know, hijacking aircrafts, all the rest. And so the Joint Chiefs dr uh, dreamed that up. So I think if, if you're if you're taking a step back, it seems to be a point in history where uh, we were supposed to go or could have many possibilities, the elites and whatever dark forces or nefarious forces, you whatever you want to label it, ch chose that path. But I'll say, you know, Pat Buchanan called it a long time ago about the neoconservatives. He says they're often clever, never wise. So there was, I think, what they've set into motion. Uh, you know, look at this panel that we're on. All of us here, with, if 9-11 didn't happen, we, uh, would we be doing this, the type of research that we're doing? I mean, perhaps Don would uh, because of you know, his involvement in, in JFK. the JFK research. But how many of us would be doing I wouldn't be in radio. Uh, I mean, my, my, my life changed because of that. So, uh, again, there are people walking around that were born because people met because of this event. And so that's I think that in a metaphysical sense, in a hope sense, uh, if we just keep doing what we're doing and shining light on it, new generations are going to come forth that are not going to buy into this garbage and uh, hopefully will uh, stamp out the corruption. That's fantastic. That's a, that's a hell of a way to look at it, I think, man. That, that, that's fantastic. And I, I wouldn't be doing this for sure um, if that day didn't happen. Guaranteed. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday, man. Everybody flooded into the streets. It, it, it was shoulder to shoulder. Everybody had a theory on what was going on. Cell phones, done. It was done. And I worked my way down to the World Trade Center to try to uh, get uh, my cousin, thinking I was going to do something. I wasn't going to do anything, right? But luckily, he was fine. But um, I was cut off before I made it there. And then I had to walk back uh, up, up, uptown to 86th Street, got on the train, and went back to the Bronx. It, it, was, a, it was a hell of a day. And I, I was thinking about what happened, you know, and, and I was like, How? You know, but I, I was at that point completely indoctrinated into the mainstream. I, I at that point, I I even turned to my friends and said, "It's Osama bin Laden that did this. He did this." And I, I've said this many times. I had no idea who the hell Osama bin Laden really was. You know, it, it was just the programming, right? And 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 that's why I'm so passionate about this because I was what they wanted 100. percent I was that exactly what the desired effect, what they wanted to get out of people. That's what I was, you know, until something happened. Kev Baker, uh, let me know. What was your experience here? What do you think happened? Um, I think the most outrageous, ludicrous theory of them all was presented in the 9-11 report. <laughs> um, I don't think we'll ever know what actually happened. Right. Um, and I do feel that a lot of the no planes, holograms, earthquake machines, a lot of that was... Uh, infiltration of what was a really strong movement where we were just saying we want a new investigation very much kev very much i mean interrupts but very much yeah and you can go back to before the event the project for the new american century they needed a pearl harbor like event just miraculously one appeared you know and yeah. um, i don't know what happened 
but I know that it didn't go down the way that they told us. So from there, we just need to have an open and honest investigation, but that'll never happen. So, um, you know, probably not even one person knows how it all went down. It's that compartmentalized. There's probably people that done things in the line of their work and didn't even realize that they were paving the way for what happened on that day. Um, It's disgusting, but here we are again. We're back here again and nothing's changing and it's only going to get worse from here on in. If anything, I hope we can use 9-11. And I hate to say that with the, the loss of life on that day, but hopefully we can use it to demonstrate to new people coming to the party that governments lie and they do false flags. That's how they get things done. And if anything can come of it, maybe a lesson can be learned for people. Maybe it'll help people see just how the world operates. And it ain't a fun, nice place like a lot of people think. Very good, Kev. Thank you for your thoughts. We appreciate the men. Um, Charlie Robinson, what's going on? Further, the process of transformation, even if it brings revolutionary change, is likely to be a long one, absent some catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor. That is from page 51 of the Project for New American Centuries uh, document called Rebuilding America's Defenses that was written in September of 2000. A year later, they got their new Pearl Harbor. It's my belief that that 9-11 was both an inside and outside job, that it was conducted by a faction of our government, neocons, not limited to them. I believe that the Mossad was involved in this. This is, I, I am in the Dr. Alan Sobrowski camp that this is a classic Mossad operation, not limited to them. I believe that Saudi Arabia was involved. I believe that Pakistani intelligence was involved. And I also believe that we will never know the ins and outs and details of all of this, how it worked together. This overlapping of, I mean, it cr- the thing about 9-11 is it created the pretext for so many different agendas, never ending wars in in the Middle East benefits the military industrial complex, a reduction of freedoms right here at home benefits the psychopaths inside our government that want us to have less freedoms and to always be scared. Think about all of the, think about the, like you, like Tony said, the creation of, of the, of department of Homeland security. I mean, straight out of the third Reich there, TSA temporary measures becoming permanent. Two decades later, we're still taking our, off our shoes before we get on airplanes. So, so there's there were a lot of agendas. There were, you have securities coming due the following day that are you know what I mean? Like through the Bush administration, they knew about the crimes that there were crimes on top of crimes here, and to unravel this is uh, it's it's tricky. And we've we've been watching. You know, I'm 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 in agreement with you guys that I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for 9-11. 9-11 woke me up. Not on that day. Right. I didn't I didn't have an understanding of it. I was still in that little bubble. But years later, it did it. And it woke me up to the possibility of, hey, you know, maybe your relationship with your government isn't as you're told it, it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe your government is not the, the dad looking out for you. Maybe the government is the night stalker who's crawling in the window in, in the middle of the night and creating you know, unspeakable terror for you. And so I, it changed my relationship with the media <laughs> a lot. It changed my relationship with the government. 
Uh, I have a, a healthy distrust for anything they're involved in. And now as we start to see some of the freedom reduction happening under the guise of COVID, I'm seeing a lot of similarities play out there. The government, the media, agendas, lies that they tell us while actually doing something else. There's a lot of overlap. So so for those that think that, well, 9-11 happened two decades ago and what difference does it make? Well, it makes a big difference because the playbook that they use, though not identical for COVID, has some of the similar plays. Might be a different coach calling the plays. It might be different players running the plays, but they're still using the same playbook because what we've discovered through all of this is that they aren't real creative. They get they have a they have a couple moves that work very well and they tend to use those over and over again, such as false flags. But we're seeing some of the similarities roll out uh, these days. And so I would suggest that people that are trying to wrap their heads around COVID would do themselves a huge favor if they had a deeper understanding of how 9-11 was pulled off. Thank you, buddy. Hey, Don, what's up? Give me something before we get out of here. Well, as, as noted, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been awake for a very long time, probably since I was a teenager. So, you know, this is, uh, you know, way before 9-11. So I, I was a dubious of lots of things. You know, I was talking about Oklahoma City, Waco and all the Clinton crimes and all that during the 90s. So it didn't really surprise me. But, you know, people ask me, just like they ask me all the time, JFK, you know, I, my answer always is Lee Harvey Ball. You know, and the, uh, that's the only thing I know is that what they told you is a lie and their investigation proved one thing that, he didn't do it, so they lied about it. Same thing with 9-11. The only thing we can qualify for, their story is impossible. Their conspiracy theory, and it is a ridiculous conspiracy theory, the six-foot, eight-inch uh, former CIA asset from a cave, you know, orchestrated these people, uh, you know, uh, these people who weren't normally qualified as flying. And I have a lot of this in hidden history. I go about their background, how they were laughed at and scoffed at, that they, somehow, with great precision, were able to, first of all, to take over these planes with our box cutters and plastic knives. And that part of the narrative, I, I just completely scoff at. I don't believe that, you know, I'm not the bravest guy in the world, but if I was on that plane and they were going to crash it, and you know, they're taking over the plane and they're armed with box cutters. I work in a warehouse, box cutter. You know, I, I, I wouldn't overly fear that. Certainly wouldn't right. fear plastic knives. So I don't know how that happened. That makes no sense to me. Uh, so whatever they're, they're, they're selling you, complete lie. Their theory makes no sense that 19 crazed Arabs did this. Uh, some of them apparently still alive. They tell you. I, I don't know how that works. Uh, and of course, the magical passport of Muhammad Adas floated down right in the middle of the rubble. Everything else obliterated, but that was wonderfully, as, as you know, manna from heaven it was there, so we would know the authority were right. You know, see there. But uh, whatever it is, that didn't happen, but you know, we can speculate that the people that are covering up, that are lying about it, you know, they're the logical suspects, much as the JFK assassinates the people, why people think it's the CIA, the military industrial complex, the FBI, Secret Service, because they lied about it. Secret Service made it happen. In this case, all these people, you know, when I talk to witnesses like Scott Forbes who worked in the building there and who who said, you know, he still fears. He's he's over in, uh, in, in England. He kind of fled in exile. And He's talked about, you know, I, I tried to tell the NYPD, I tried to tell the New York Port Authority, I tried to tell the FBI, and then I tried to tell the 9-11 Commission that his group had seen lots of strange power outages and security cameras failing and construction, stuff they hadn't seen in all the years they'd worked there in the immediate days for 9-11. 
thought that might be significant. But of course, he naively thought that the authorities you know, wanted the truth. So of course, they had no interest. And then on board, just dismissed that and said there were no mysterious power outages, even though people like him firsthand did. That's what we saw in the Warren Commission. That's what we see in all these investigations. So you can conclude the members of the Warren Commission, you know, deep state hall of famers, all of them. Of course, they, they were involved in some way. Maybe they had prior knowledge, but I don't know. I can't prove any of that. So I begin, as, as all of you have, I begin by saying that their stories, whatever happened, it isn't what they tell you it happened. But, you know, on, on 9-11, before 9-11, no high-rise steel frame building had ever melted from fire. On 9-11, three did, including Building 7, which is embarrassing over and over again, was not hit by any possible jet fuel cocktail. There was no jet fuel in there to melt the steel. So what happened there? And since 9-11, none have. So you can conclude from that that obviously what they claim happened was impossible. As uh, Kevin and others have noted, we're not we're not likely to get any investigation because who's going to investigate it? Who would we trust? In? There's, there's nobody. All the authorities are completely corrupt. They're investigating themselves. So unfortunately, we'll just have to be satisfied in knowing that uh, once again, they're lying. I mean, I, I think we can get the Biden administration to uh, to investigate it. I mean, he already says that our freedoms doesn't matter. So that, that that knocks out the lie that they gave us in 2001, that they did this about our freedom. So we're moving forward. Uh, I'm trying to look at this in, in a positive light. John Brissom, what's up, man? Yeah, I mean, so with 9-11, there's so many countries and so many nefarious groups and heads of countries that are involved, right? So you have the for the lack of the better term, deep states of different countries, whether it's the United States, Israel, uh, Russia, through the ecstasy trade and the work of Hopsicker, um, Pakistani with the Pakistani ISI, the House of Saud, um, you know, uh, United Kingdom, the Crown, Switzerland, um, you know, the Vatican, you know, and there's probably more that I'm, you know, leaving out, but. They're, they're all deeply involved in a 9-11 operation to differing degrees, right? So, and I agree that we're never going to really figure out truly what happened in the operation of 9-11. It's impossible because there's too many people involved and too many complex parts to go in such an operation, right? Uh, but, you know, most people mentioned the project for the American Century, for example, and, you know, Majority of this uh, Project for New American Century members were Council on Foreign Relations members, but many of them are Council for National Policy members, too, like William Crystal, Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, Carl Rove, Frank Gaffney, Steve Forbes, John Bolton, William J. Bennett, Gary Bauer, Paul Wolfowitz, Dan Quell, R. James Wolseley, Elliot Abrams, and Norman Potteretz. Um, And I'm actually, Dick Cheney and Donald Rumsfeld were attending CMP meetings uh, during the invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, and then one of the biggest things that most people don't talk about when they discuss 9-11 was that um, the Hunt silver that was cornered, the Hunt uh, family tried to corner the silver market during the 1980s. When the United States tried to uh, seize that silver, um, they loaded it onto cargo planes and sent it to the Altiqua Bank in Switzerland. And of course, the Altiqua Bank in Switzerland would later be fingered um, as the primary financiers uh, of, of um, Osama bin Laden and uh, Al-Qaeda and everything, and, and also for the, the this quote-unquote uh, Arabic hijackers. So, we, you know, the Council for National Policy was very much involved in the funding of 
you know, that operation with that silver through the Altiqua Bank, very much at the behest of the CIA and the Mossad and, and likely, um, what was Russian intelligence called at that time? Was it grew then or was grew later? But, um, but, but yeah, so I mean, a lot of, there's so much stuff about 9-11 that very few people know or even talk about or even research to this day. I didn't know the funding of um, Al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden through the CMP, through Karl Rove and Grover Norquist, through the Hunt family, where that missing silver went. And so I started digging myself. And so that's something new that's been brought forth in the past year or two. So imagine how much more information is out there that will be uncovered or information that won't be uncovered that we'll never know because so many people and players were involved in this. And most people only focus on one specific group, right? It's either it's either the Israelis, it's either um, the United States deep state, um, you know, it's it's either the Pakistani ISI, or if you believe the conventional narrative that it's the um, the uh, Arabic hijackers. Uh, so there's so much to be uncovered left with the multi-involved um, operation of 9-11, and a lot of it we probably won't even ever get to. So it's a sad state of affairs. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Greg, I'm coming to you to close out. I'm going to unmute you now. Go ahead, buddy. Okay. Hey, hey, guys. Yeah, so um, the following up on that, on all that, um, I would say that, um, you know, you got the old model of who, what, when, where, why, how. And I think for many years, for me, being an outsider, I haven't really been actively involved in a lot of the uh, – well, certainly I wasn't involved in the height of what might be called 9-11 truth, you know, maybe late 2000, you know, 2008-ish, kind of coinciding in a lot of ways around like the Ron, of course, Ron Paul campaign with uh, people like Alex Jones helping to lead the way. And, of course, we can see the fruits of like Alex Jones being presented as like a leader of like 9-11 truth. And that's another topic for another day. I mean, it isn't related to all of this, what happened to a lot of the people who took positions of quote leadership and who were elevated to be like the voices to like expose the lies of 9-11 and other events but uh, it is related um so i wasn't involved in a lot of that but looking a little more i guess i look a little more from the outside in but from my vantage point um a lot of and there's been a lot of focus on the um on the what and the how and of course obviously it's very important as far as people can you know you can look and see for yourself that like what happened and what adds up in terms of like the way we're told the buildings fell and all this, how it just doesn't, uh, how it just doesn't add up, obviously. And I think, um, I do think that the what and the, the, the what and the how of it are very important, but I also think that the what and the how can be answered by who and why. And as John said, there are a lot of different, um, factors involved and john was bringing up some very interesting information about the uh, the al-qaeda funding um that i'll have to follow up with him on in the future but um in my and jeremy roth Cashel's research i mean we focused on some very specific areas and um particularly um this is not even taken into account you know what happened in washington dc what happened in shanksville pennsylvania right. but when you look at new york new york city 9-11 operation you can see a very specific extended network of operatives and it's going all the way from the uh, the transaction process of the world of the uh, of the World Trade Center towers getting into the hands of Larry Silverstein and the people at the New York New Jersey Port Authority uh, 
responsible for that transaction of property. You go from there to the types of people who were um, on the ground of September 11th, the positions of quote unquote leadership in New York City. And you have to look at your Rudy Giuliani's and your Bernard Carrick's. And to me, um, you have a very specific network in uh, New York City that I think really um, shed a lot of light on what went down uh, with the events of September 11th. The, the lead up to it with um, a common friend of all of these particular uh, parties involved, from the Port Authority all the way to Giuliani's office as mayor, you go look at somebody like a Benjamin Netanyahu who laid out an entire book with the framework for winning the war on terror and how it's going to be fought. And then take into consideration even aspects of uh, going from a more multi-layered, multinational angle on September 11th. You even look at things like, even look at Putin's Russia and the war in Chechnya in 1999 as a prototype for a sustained war on terror and a false flag type of event to bring a new leader into power off the back of um, and weighed off the back of an event that rallies the people around the threat of terrorism. Um, go look at Putin's 1999, November 1999, New York Times op-ed about winning the war on terror. He sounds like a hybrid of George W. Bush and uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, if we're, uh, if we're being honest. And so I look at the New York on the ground in New York City networks, the types of associations that are going on. And this is just one angle, but I feel like this is very, uh, very important to the particularly the on the ground World Trade Center events uh, in New York City aspect of September 11th. You have to look at a, I would say it's not even so much like, you know, it's not even so much Israel. A lot of people say Israel did 9-11. I would even say that a lot of these actors, even within the Netanyahu network and this extended network of people who are all very friendly with each other, regularly corresponded with each other. It's more, I think it's, I don't even think it's so much even like in the interest of, say, Israel per se, much less the United States per se, but of of a very particular uh, multinational uh, stretch of interest that uh, spreads around the globe. And so for me... Uh, I'm looking at the at the who and the why, and I think that um, the who and the why, and especially in terms of uh, the World Trade Center, much less the other areas of interest, will give us a lot more insight into the into the what and how. Because if you understand, you know, that might say things like who had the means to potentially put explosives into the towers, and then you can look so i think that there's a lot to add up there and as i said you know this is just one major aspect that my co-host jeremy ruff and i have been focused on over the last few years but i feel like it's a very vital one so i would say look at the look at the who and the why and then maybe we can fill in the what and the how even more than we already have thank you oh fantastic man thank you for your thoughts man listen we're getting out of here uh, I'm going to go around and everybody can say you know where they can be found and all of that i want to hit a couple of the high points before we get out of here, and if any of you guys have more to add, do it. All right. Tim Osman was the guy's name, right? That was the CIA freaking cover for Osama bin Laden. They killed this dude on May Day in Abbottabad, Pakistan, supposedly. It was a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I mean, they never showed us the body. The CIA said, admittedly, this is the CIA. This is not conspiracy theory. They admitted to being his neighbor. They were in, in, the, in, the, in the, the shed next door to Osama bin Laden, and they were never able to identify that that was really Osama bin Laden. And this was admitted by Leon Panetta, and it was admitted by Barack Obama at the time. Fully admitted, okay? Osama bin Laden was never, ever blamed for September 11th. Go on Osama bin Laden's freaking uh, most wanted page. It still exists. 
I challenge you to find 9-11 on that page. It doesn't exist. They never charged him for it because they got nothing on the freaking dude. All right. The identities of the 9-11 hijackers are still in question, according to the FBI, not according to me. Okay. And the BBC reported that some of these guys are still alive. Seven of them at least. Okay. This is a, this is a real serious thing. Um, uh, what is it? Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda wasn't a thing before 2001. I challenge anybody to find a reference to Al-Qaeda, the database. Before that, it wasn't a thing. It was made up. They made it freaking up. It was the, the Mujahideen. That doesn't count. Al-Qaeda, I'm talking about. All right. There was a whole uh, BBC um, documentary saying that there was no um, um, uh, there was no united unit. It was people that were paid to be actors on, on, on a freaking um, on, on film. They gave them guns. They showed up. They paid them and they followed Osama bin Laden and they called him. They called that Al-Qaeda. There was not. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. The magic passport. We got so many others. We can keep going. But in the interest of time, we're getting out of here. Tony Atterburn had to run. Uh, blessings to the dude. Mr. Kev Baker, tell the people where they can find you. And if you've got something yeah. else to add, go ahead and add it. Yeah, never forget the BBC reported on a building that had fallen, despite the fact it was still standing behind the building seven. Um, to add to what you said about the Mujahideen, I, I would argue that Al-Qaeda did exist. They did have a database. It was all the fighters that they used during the Mujahideen versus Russia. I meant, I meant the name, uh, Kev. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 I should yeah, clarify. Yeah. Go ahead. It was just the name for the Rolodex. Right. They had all the phone numbers on and stuff like that. But listen, folks, don't let people forget. It might be 20 years on, but just keep on hammering away at people. And when they ask you what happened and they try to bog you down with no planes and different theories, just tell them it didn't happen the way that we were told. You can find me on TFR Live every day, Monday to Thursday, Freaky Friday, <laughs> and a big announcement coming next week as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Fantastic. Mr. Kev Baker, thank you for taking the time. We really appreciate your input. Thank you for everything you do. Uh, I mean, you can leave now if you want, but hold on if you can. Uh, Mr. Charlie Robinson, the hardest working man in the alternative media, sir. Tell the people where they can find you. You can catch Macroaggressions wherever podcasts are available in, in audio format. You can catch it in video format on David Icke's platform, Iconic. You can catch it on Rockfin, Odyssey, sometimes YouTube, depending on the person. None of these people I'm going to put on YouTube. None of you guys. Like COVID, you can catch it anywhere, Charlie, right? It's like COVID. Just catch it everywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, listen, 9-11 is the is is so important you know like we said you don't have to have it all figured out none of us do we don't know every last detail it's too massive to to know that to know that every component but if you do like kev said you the official story that we were told the justification that we were given to start these indiscriminate wars all over the place the official story of it was a lie and from that you know, magic planes, uh, and, you know, suitcase nukes, whatever we can, we can debate those, those topics and they're worth debating. And it makes for an interesting, uh, conversation, but for those that are sort of new to nine 11, as long as you understand that the official story is not true, that it was sold to us by a compromised media and that the agenda for what was going to happen in the aftermath of nine 11 was predetermined and planned out far in advance of this event, that the 
interest in going into Afghanistan, the interest in going into Iraq was not some idea that they got in the aftermath of September 11th. No, no, this had been planned. This was part of the agenda. These things were going to happen. They just needed the pretext, the catalyzing and catastrophic event, which of course they got. So it's um, it's paramount for everyone to understand you know, what, what we're facing today, it all has its roots in 9-11. It's really important, much as I suspect understanding 9-11 has its roots in understanding JFK, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Very, very well put. Mr. Don Jeffries, uh, let the people know where they can find you. Well, like you can you can search for me, you'll probably find out more than you want to know. But I, I write regularly at Substack now, DonaldJeffries.substack.com under I protest the title of my TFR show that's still there on Fridays. And I have the new Donald Jeffries show, which airs on the Atelier Network. Uh, he's on American Plug. Jeff Rents uh, airs it. It's all over the place. Uh, Wednesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern time. We've had some great guests. Books are out everywhere. My uh, the paperback of Crimes and Cover Up to American Politics, forward by Ron Paul, coming out with a couple of new chapters updated, written by me, coming out next month. So I hope people uh, will check that out. And uh, you know, I'm I'm easy to find. And a 9/11 thing, you know, I, I would just suggest anybody out there, don't back down. Don't necessarily push a debate because nobody wants to debate it. But uh, anybody talks about it, I, I I would tell them, what do you, do you really want to talk about the facts? Or not, because I'll discuss it with you, but I'm not going to sit here and listen to, you know, this absurd rhetoric and, you know, say, appealing to authority and all that nonsense. If you want to debate the facts, let's do it. But don't back down and don't believe the lie, uh, because it is a huge lie. All right. Beautiful. Thank you, Don. Um, John, what's up, man? Tell the people where they can find you real quick. Yeah, you guys can find me. Uh, we've underscore read on Twitter. We've read the documents on YouTube uh, sometimes with my brother, Bill Ray Valentine, occasionally when we do shows together. Uh, glad to be here on America Unplugged with everybody. It's been a blast discussing 9-11. Uh, never forget the day the world order uh, ran a massive operation on the world. Um, and uh, yeah, it, don't believe the conventional narrative. It's bollocks. I, I, I agree 100. Uh, Greg McCarron, what's going on, buddy? Are you there? Go ahead, sir. Okay, I'm here. And uh, yeah, for us, uh, for myself and uh, Jeremy Ross Cashel, our platform, The Antidote, um, we're actually in the process, as I said earlier, of uh, when I first introduced myself, of restoring our uh, archive, complete archive online, um, as our YouTube channel was permanently removed at the beginning of, uh, of August of 2021. Uh, most of our archive is available on Odyssey, because we have O-D-Y-S-E-E, as we have backed up our the majority of our YouTube archive on the Odyssey. There may be a few videos missing here or there. You can find us on Odyssey. You can find us on the major, uh, most of the major uh, platform or major podcast providers. Uh, so if you go, for example, just go to Apple Podcasts, you type in Antidote, A-N-T-E-D-O-T-E as an example, you can find our, our podcast. Or you can go to Anchor, anchor.fm and find where we are carried. And then also uh, we have we have a Patreon page as well where people could uh, support us and we have our archive up on there. But uh, right now we're still in the process of getting the archive of programming that we've done over the last five years uh, completely back um, on all of our platforms again, which of course includes the 9-11 to 11-9 series I mentioned right now. Or the Anchor, which is the uh, – which carries you to the other podcast providers and uh, Patreon are the best ways to reach us right now. Thank you, uh, Billy. 
Nah, man, thank you for coming. We appreciate you, man. So uh, my name is Billy Ray Valentine. This is America Unplugged. Tony Adderburn, Wise Wolf, GoldenSilver.com, and the Adderburn Radio Transmission. Go check that. I do a show called The Infinite Fringe, and I'm here on America Unplugged with people that I consider friends. And and if this is... um. You know, to, to to put a positive spin on things, and somebody brought this up, and, and I didn't, I don't, I don't know who it was, I forget, but um, I never thought of it that way. At the very least, at the end of this, you know, if it wasn't for that event, I, I I'm pretty sure I wouldn't know any of you. And I value you guys, I value your opinions, and I value your friendship. So thank you very much, and everybody out there watching, uh, investigate 9/11, right? Don't don't forget it. It's key. It's key to it's key to to everything that's going on right now, and 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 you can have a, gl- a greater clarity as to what what went on before that. It's it's something that we need to know, and we need to continue to try to get justice for the people uh, that were killed, murdered by these vicious pieces of crap. All right, who would do that? You know, who would freaking do that? Right, and then feed us nonsense, feed us this nonsense story that makes sense in no one's brain, really, if you stop and think about it. Um, regardless, it's America Unplugged. We will see you guys next week. Lord willing, take it easy now. Bye-bye.